Welcome to the Daily Dad Podcast, where we provide one lesson every day to help you with your most important job, being a dad. These are lessons inspired by ancient philosophy, by practical wisdom, and insights from dads all over the world. Thank you for listening, and we hope this helps. Either right when we get back from a run in the morning, or more often when I get back from riding for the day, I walk into the kitchen, I open up the cabinet, and I say, it's vitamin time, and my youngest runs over, he's two, and I give him one high of vitamin in one hand and another high of vitamin in the other hand, and he eats it, and then he rushes over and he gives the other one to his brother, a pediatrician-approved superpower chewable vitamin created by two dads tired of children's vitamins that cause more problems than they solve. It's made from a 12-farm fresh fruit and vegetable mix, supercharged, 15 essential vitamins and minerals known to support a healthy immune system. And we've worked out an exclusive offer with Hyatt for their best-selling children's vitamin. Daily Dad listeners receive 50% off your first order. And to claim this deal, go to HyattHealth.com slash Daily Dad and enter code Daily Dad at checkout. That's H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash Daily Dad to get your kids the full body nourishment that they need to grow into healthy adults discount is applied at checkout. Hey, it's Ryan Holiday. Welcome to another weekend episode of the Daily Stoke podcast. I've been riffing lately with my writing partner, Niels Parker. Uh, We both have young kids. So I thought today's episode, we'd kick around uh, kids' books. I know some people who are listening have older kids, but you know, maybe maybe you've got a brother or sister who's having a kid, or, or maybe you're almost approaching the level of having grandkids. I just thought we'd talk about some of our our favorite children's books. Um, Niels, I just read this great one. Um, and I think about this, obviously, with The Painted Porch, my bookstore here in Texas. We have a kid section. But Dave Edgers wrote this book called uh, Her Right Foot about mm. the Statue of Liberty. Um, and I love books like that that are about, one, about real things, two, forcing, not forcing, uh, allowing kids to see history or an event or a monument or a place from a new angle um, that also you learn something about as a parent. And basically the premise of this book is, if for people who don't know, the Statue of Liberty, actually beneath her robe, her feet are moving. The, the right foot is raised as if she's taking a step out towards the harbor, both either towards Europe, that would be one interpretation, the other would be towards uh, this is a sort of a later symbolism, but towards the immigrants coming in uh, to Ellis Island, the idea of welcoming as they came. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, I love, I love the kids' books that have some weight to them, as opposed to the ones about like pizza or fairies or something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I've, I'm always curious with kids' books. Like, it, it's almost like culturally, we've, we've agreed that there is a selection of like eight animals that kids are allowed to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like the lion, the elephant, the snake, the monkey, the bird, like. Did Aesop, did Aesop decide that for us? Is that what happened? I I wonder if that's what it is because I go through these kids books and it's anytime there's sort of an animal based uh, story, it's always any sort of menagerie. It's always like the same eight animals and it's, I don't, I don't get it, but I do. I agree that the kids books that are about something, at least in my Will's eight, 16 months. So he's 
he loves books. He's very engaged, but he is always most engaged when it's about one thing or one idea. Like one of the books that we love is uh, Don't Worry, Little Crab. Oh, I haven't uh, heard that one. Yeah, by Chris Houghton. It's from 2019. Um, it's about uh, little crab and very big crab, and they live in a tide pool, and they're uh, they're going to go to the ocean. So it's obviously about coming into the big new world and all of these big forces on you. And it's about this idea that, you know, with a little bit of courage, you can go anywhere. And he, that's the theme of it. And it's very clear and it's very, it's short and very well told, but he is fully engrossed in that book because it just sort of carries it. And we read it three times a day. And then the other books that he loves are books where it's about like, it's, it's about trains, but it's like, it's describing all the elements of the trains and getting all into shapes and all into colors and all, all into those sorts of things. And it's not, it's not, it's not fantastical out there. And for some, I think there's something to that idea of if you can, if you can tell a story about one thing or one idea or one subject, it just, it's, it just, it hits different. It hits better. Yeah. I, um, BJ Novak recommended uh, Curious George. Like, of course, I knew mm-hmm. Curious George, but he's like, no, you got to get like the original book of yep. all the stories in one place. And what I was struck by reading, and he pointed that he's like, the first story he's captured by poachers. Then yeah. he, then he, then uh, then he gets to New York City. Then he accidentally calls nine one one. Then he's arrested. Then he escapes from jail. Then in the next story, you know, like he he uh, escapes from the zoo. Then he. He breaks into someone's house. He breaks his leg. He goes to the hospital. He breaks into the ether cabinet and gets high. Like <laughs> it, it, it's, it's. Uh, he was like, it's just amazing. And and I think that is what I kind of like about Curious George too. Is like the level of mischief and absurdity. Like because it was written in, in the forties or whatever. There was yeah. no real sense of like political correctness or. Um, uh, like sensitivity. It's just like, it's like full on like mischief. Right. And I think yeah. that's why it resonates with kids in a way that, uh, you know, again, a lot of these other books, it's they're they're ironically like more entertaining, but it's like more of like a sugar hit. It's not like a book they want to read over and over again, or mm-hmm. that they remember like, Oh, re- like my son will be like, remember when Curious George like did X, Y, or Z as if it like actually happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it does. And it resonates with little boys too. I, we just read Curious George um, goes to the pool. Um, and like that must be a later one. That must, I don't think yeah. that's the original. Yeah. It's yeah. much later. These are, these are newer versions that uh, we pulled out. Um but you know he he's at the pool and he sees the lifeguard tower and he's like I'm gonna climb that like like yeah. that's yeah yeah sure that's the little boys and then you learn like no that's for the lifeguard and you know you've gotta you know gotta be careful there's a less there's a light lesson at the end of it but curious George gets into things that little boys get into so there's some there's some real character identification that I don't think you get. In most other kids' books, which is, I think, a testament to the to the sort of character creation and storytelling yeah. in Curious George. There's a because we're we're starting to try to teach my son how to read, and there's a Curious George one where he learns the letters of the alphabet. Um, mm-hmm. That's really good. But like 
what I was just talking about this with my wife, Curious George learns how to write and read in this story. And it goes through all the letters and it's, it's actually a really great little story. But like at the end, he uses like then the, the man in the yellow hat sends him to go pick up uh, a dozen donuts. And Curious George takes the note that says, you know, like, give me uh, a dozen donuts. And he uh, crosses it out and use and writes uh, 10 dozen donuts so like he's, <laughs> he's using this, he's using the skill to get into trouble, which to me is like such a beautifully like perfect way to try to motivate your kids to learn how to read. It's like, oh no, no, if you do this, you get stuff that you want. It's not just like learn how to read because you have to learn how to read or learn how to write because you, it's like, oh no, no, you can, if you do this, you can get up, you can get into more mischief. I just found that was like perfectly done. Was that an older one? It's it's part of the original, like the original, like ten stories or whatever it is. You know, it's interesting because in the newer ones, one of the things you'll see is that that step is missing the of the utilizing the skill to to sort of get into greater mischief. It goes straight into reward. Like interesting. There's one curious George goes to the bookstore and he's going to see his favorite new author and get his book signed. And the line's super long, so he gets bored and he gets he gets curious. And then he sees this box of books in these boxes of books in the sort of over in the corner. And he opens them all up and he turns them into this giant, giant book pyramid that he uh that he climbs up. And everybody's like, Oh, that's so cool. And the store owner's like, You shouldn't have opened them. But the manager says, Well, thank you. You you open them and now we don't have to open them and they're all arranged so beautifully. And as a reward, he gets to go up ahead of the line and, yeah. and meet the author and then help the author by opening all the book pages to the right page for the author to sign. Like there's no utilizing of the, of the skill or, or leveraging of the skill. It's like here you did something, you did something uh, mischievous and it happened to be uh, also pretty. So here's a cookie. <laughs> This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As a parent, it's important that you take care of yourself. How can you be there for your kids if you're not being there for yourself? I've said this before, but I have benefited immensely from going to therapy over the years, and I always recommend it to people who are struggling. I know it's made me a better parent. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist that you can start communicating with in under 48 hours there's so many different experts, kinds of expertise there, many of which are not even going to be available locally in your area. You log into your account anytime you send a message to your therapist, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. And we've got a special offer for Daily Dad listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash daily dad. Visit betterhelp.com slash daily dad. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P slash daily dad to join over 2 million people who've taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's one book that we read um, that I actually heard about in like a, um, some book about education. It was talking about how like sort of the myths of history, uh, George Washington chopping down the cherry tree, et cetera, sort of came about. It's because kids used to be given these readers and they were full of these stories of like 90% of them, you know, sort of bad history, if you will. Um, but actually that's like exactly what I want to be teaching. Like I want to tell my son like, the story of the 300 Spartans. And I want to mm -hmm. tell him, you know, the story of Cincinnatus. 
and I want to tell him, you know, King Canute at the seashore. And, and like, I think that's the other thing is that like, it's funny. We teach our kids like sort of fictional, uh, stories. And then like, when we get to history, it's often like, uh, the worst kind of history. Um, but what I, what I love about this book is it's like, oh yeah, like you want to like inspire your kid, Mm -hmm. uh, like through the lives of sort of great or interesting people. This is what I was trying to do in, in, uh, the boy who would be king is like I'm going to take the 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 rough events of Marcus Aurelius's life, stick more or less to what's true or false, but present it in a way that there is a moral lesson or a moral sort of imperative that comes out of it. Because, like again, isn't that the point of reading? Like, if you're not like if you're just trying to get like make them giggle and laugh like you mm-hmm. might as well just put on like uh a netflix show or a, or a youtube video like to me the purpose of reading is really like it's how the values of civilization have been passed down for thousands of years and i th- you know I, i'm not at that phase yet where i've got you know older boys who are uh really absorbing some of the storytelling but at 16 months, he definitely registers when something is happening in the book that is uh, surprising or exceptional. Um, and I think that's sort of those are the first steps on that path toward what you're talking about is that recognizing important, notable things that that are important for kids to understand and to know and to sort of incorporate into their, into their existence. But cause I agree there that's bond. Reading is about bonding early on when you're doing it with your kid and it's about sort of getting them exposed to books, but then it's, it's about teaching them using these stories to teach them about themselves and about life and about the world. And it should be, real it shouldn't just be a bunch of dopamine hits and glitter and candy and pizza and fairies when i think about how you know a hundred years ago 500 years ago you know a thousand years ago there wasn't sort of dedicated kids books so you would have read aloud a passage from the odyssey or you would have read a story from the bible together um or you would have read poetry so like we read this book by ali Assiri called um a poem for every night of the year and like I would say 85% of the time they have no idea what the poem is about, but they are absorbing like the way language works mm-hmm. and um how rhyming works. And then there are poems that they get, right? Like there's um the charge of the light brigade. They get that on like a, a cool level, not like the darkness level, or yeah. they get if. Um, and then what, one of the things that we've done, so we, like we'll read the poems, but then also almost all the poems you can listen to on YouTube. Like, for instance, there's a bunch like that Anthony Hopkins has read or like famous people have read, people with cool voices. And so like like maybe if I read Charge of the Light Brigade, he doesn't quite get it. But when he hears someone reading the Charge of the Light Brigade and there's images on the screen, he gets it. And I remember... We, we, for a while, we were watching, um, uh, like, the National Parks uh, put together some video about the Gettysburg Address. And it's, like, somebody reading the Gettysburg Address and then all some, like, footage from, from Gettysburg. And there was a scene 
so so basically, I'll, I'll I'll try to see how to explain it. So I was walking my son. I was trying to get him to go to sleep. We were we were traveling, uh, and we were, we walked by this cemetery, this old cemetery, and and um, my son was like, "Oh, look, it's an increased devotion." And I said, what? What are you talking about? And then I realized that from the YouTube video that we'd watched a bunch of times, um, where Lincoln says, like, and we take from this an increased devotion, um, that that a picture of a cross in a cemetery, like a tombstone of the cross, and oh. it flashed on the screen. So he he was like, he I guess what I'm saying is he was understanding at some sort of metacognitive level that yeah. something meaningful was happening. He didn't quite get it. But, but the point is, um, I'd rather them be sort of absorbing and, and taking in by osmosis, the great ideas or images, or, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to read him the, I have a dream speech again, as opposed to some silly doggerel poem about nonsense or a children's book about ice cream. You know what I mean? How early did you start do sort of start that strategy with like with your really boys? really early? Um, because again, I don't think they it doesn't really matter if they understand what's going on. What ma- what yeah. they're really listening to is your voice and snuggling up with you. So I I think I think uh, yeah I think you want to start the process early. So and and these things can be entertaining and you can make them entertaining with your voice or mm-hmm. you know. Um, again, with videos and stuff. So yeah, like he, you know, he can, he can recite chunks of the Gettysburg address. Does he have any idea what it means? No, but it'll hit him at some point. Yeah. It'll, it'll connect those, those dots will connect at some point in the, in, in the future in some very profound way. Yes. Um, Maya Smart, who I've had on the podcast, she recommended, um, a book called Each Kindness, which I really like. Um, it's about this girl who's sort of not being very nice to another girl at school. And then the girl like leaves, like d- stops going to the school. And the, the girl learned the, the teacher is doing a lesson about how kindness ripples through lives, like um, ripples in a pond. But what I loved about this story, and that's why I bought it when Maya recommended it, was that she was like, like, the premise of this book is that the the opposite was happening, right? Like she, the girl learns like, oh, I was being mean and that rippled through. It's like one of the few kids books I've read that doesn't have a happy ending. Oh, like, that's... like it, it's, it's also uh, serious. That's fascinating. Yeah, I'm definitely going to start reading some, uh, I'd say the only sort of, you know, aged up book that I've been reading him is I've been reading him uh, what if by Randall Monroe? Yeah, because <clears throat> it's it's got stick figure illustrations in it, so there's a little bit of of imagery for him to look at. But it's it's big conceptual sort of scientific ideas. He's definitely into it. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try this and and take some of those sort of more poetic approaches and serious approaches and see see what happens because he definitely he love he loves the voice part. It's not as much about the images um, as he's getting older. So it sounds like it's uh now's the time. I definitely recommend the poetry thing. I think the poetry way is the way in. We we also have like a Ali uh, Asiri has a book called like uh, um, Shakespeare for every day of the year, and it's just like mm-hmm. one short scene from a Shakespeare play every day. Again, I don't even get what's happening most yeah. of the time, but like especially when you remove the context. But again, it's like 
there's a reason Shakespeare has endured and that familiarity I think is important. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited. I'm going to do that. I love it, man. Well, let's do another episode on this soon and uh, I'll talk to you soon. And uh, yeah, let me know how it goes reading some of the classics. Will do. My newest book, Courage is Calling, Fortune Favors the Brave, is now available for pre-order. We've got a bunch of amazing bonuses. You can get signed copies, of course. Uh, I'm so proud of this book. General Jim Mattis has called it a superb handbook for crafting a purposeful life. Matthew McConaughey, also a father, called it an urgent call to arms to each and all of us. I do hope you check it out. It's my first in the Four Virtues series, Courage, Temperance, Justice, Wisdom. Courage is calling. Fortune favors the brave. If you want to pre-order it, I'd really appreciate your support. Go to dailystoic.com slash pre-order.